I'm Trudy Kerr and welcome to The Interviewer. In this series, I talk to artists, campaigners, men and women of influence, musicians, politicians, businessmen, businesswomen, sportsmen and women, and anyone who shapes the fabric of our society. Dr. Danica Bonello Spatiri was sports doctor to the England football team. She is a running technique specialist. She's also a triathlete who was just placed 18th overall and the first female in the recent Trinacria 70.3 race in Sicily. But on top of this, she is a wife and a mother to little Tiffany. Danica is a true inspiration and with me today on the interviewer, first up, a huge, huge congratulations on the success in Sicily just a couple of days ago. I'm so pleased for you, Danica, and you've turned up with a big smile on your face. Yes, of course. That's something we don't go out of the door without a smile every morning. Well, I, and I'm sure even more because, of course, you've just won this first place on this race, which is amazing. Yes, um, still just fresh. Um, uh, so it wasn't actually on plan to be doing this race. But then some of my friends were like, oh, why don't we go to that race? And um, we did have a little bit of a discussion and said, yeah, let's just do it. So I went with some of my teammates and they said, let's just go have fun. Tough, but good fun. Well, OK, before we go any further, Tainacria is a, yes. a triathlon race. So, so explain to me what a triathlon is. So a triathlon is a swim, bike and run race. So we started with a 1.9 kilometer swim in the sea. Okay. Um, you run up onto the, the beach, you find your bike and you have to be very quick in taking off a wetsuit, putting on your bike equipment and off you go onto a 90 kilometer bike ride. This time it was quite a hilly ride. Um, we had three laps and uh, we calculate as well its elevation. What, uh, what was the tough bit? You go up a 1000 meter elevation. So if you think that Dingle Cliffs is 200 meters elevation, it's like we had to climb up five times the height of the, from sea level to the top of Dingle Cliffs. And that was in a 90 kilometer bike ride. Um, and to top it off, we just have a half marathon to run, 21 kilometers. Just a half marathon, <laughs> just to finish it off. I mean, this is incredible. Well, again, a, a huge congratulations. But going back to something you said just a second ago, Danica, how do you just get up one day and just say, let's go and do it? I, I mean, you must have been training for something. Yes, no, we were training. I can't say I wasn't training. Um, but uh, it's it's not like specific training for that race that we've been aiming for for a number of weeks or months. It's more that um, races, obviously, because of COVID, are not being organized or not being held. Or races that maybe were planned got cancelled because we did have one that was in mind but got cancelled um, end of June. And suddenly it's like, oh, there's this going on. Let's just go across the pond to Sicily and do it. And uh, we said, yeah, okay, let's do it. This is, in this is incredible. So it's a swim, it's a cycle, it's a run. Yes. And whereabouts in Sicily was this? Uh, Marina di Ragusa. So it's like you go to Pozzallo and it's on the sort of drive towards the left side of the, of the coast. And uh, it's only like about 45 uh, minutes drive. So it's not too bad. Now, this is something you've been doing for a very long time. So I just want to ask, 
Before we talk about, you mentioned races and all sorts of things. There's so much I want to ask you. But before we get there, triathlon, you've mentioned it's a swim, it's a run, and it's a cycle. How did you get into triathlon? Is this what you've always done? No, I never knew about triathlon, actually. So um, I actually was a dancer for 13 years. That's my background originally. I was a well, ballet what kind dancer. Of dance? oh my <laughs> I don't look like a ballet dancer nowadays, no. And um, then when I was about uh, 12 years old, uh, my uh, my friends who used to live in the same street as me used to go to swimming lessons. And in summer, my mom wanted to get rid of my extra energy. I'm always full of energy. So she sent me off to get rid of me for three afternoons a week. And I stuck into the swimming even in the winter. And then in school, I was always winning the, the running races. So um, my uh, sports teacher said, uh, she's good, you know, in athletics, sent her to athletics because I was winning all the school races. And then my swim coach, it was Andy Culburn, who still um, coaches nowadays. He used to know that I used to go swimming and off to athletics, you know, in one afternoon straight after each other. I was still dancing at the time. It's like Saturday mornings, four hours of dancing and wow. then go swimming races in the afternoon. And then he told me, do you have a bike? I said, yes, I've got a bike. I've got a BMX. And he told me, do you know triathlon? <laughs> I said, no. And uh, he told me, why don't you try it? I'm like, yes. And I was 14 at that age. On, but hang on a second. I've Not on a BMX. i of you doing a triathlon on a BMX. No. Um, it was still funny, though, because I didn't have uh, any other bikes. I, and uh, on the, like, the day before the race, my mom would go to her friend, borrow this big, like, huge mountain bike that I could barely ride on. And uh, I would do a good swim because I was swimming. I'd come out maybe about third or fourth with the men. And then ride on this big, massive mountain bike helmet all over the place that was way too big for me. Um, lose lots of places and time on the bike. And then I'd catch up on the run. And I actually did win my first triathlon as well at age 14 <laughs> with the women. So this, this does, in fact, date all the way back to you being a teenager and yes. getting involved with triathlon then. Yes, yes, yes. And then, I mean, well, I'm still at it 26 years later. That's fantastic I mean great for you yeah you've just given away your age of course yes 40 so you are 40 and yes. you've just gone and won a triathlon but I just want to hit on this not only did you win the women's event but you were also placed 18 with the men yes overall yes um I, had, uh, I was quite also a number of um, other other men as well and so I was like trying to, to challenge them so it was quite an um, interesting race but I try to focus on myself to be fair I just try to focus on my times I focus on my race I don't really sort of look at that during the actual race I just see the results uh, afterwards and you have sort of benchmarks that you can compare to really um, is it very male dominated it is, yes. So there was like uh, over 200 participants. Um, women, maybe there were 20 at most. But I mean, even with there, with the men, I placed 18th overall. So I think I'm happy with that. I think you should be very happy with that. Well, listen, you also mentioned that, of course, you were training for another race and the race got cancelled. Yes. You, like many others, have been training up for races in Malta and almost all of the races in Malta have been cancelled or postponed uh, and on Gozo as well, of course, because yes. a large, large race yes. has been cancelled yes. on Gozo. How is it possible that you could go to Sicily for these races and can't do them in Malta? Um, well, that's up to public health. Um, it's a bit hard to get into sort of their regulations. Um, uh, we do feel frustrated because we see abroad that some races are occurring, you know, there are regulations as well. 
Um, uh, Malta, we are getting vaccinations. Um, transmission between sports um, uh, is not happening that much. So we do feel frustrated. Those issues as well, like with triathlon, you know, how much can I access the pool to train? At least I was lucky that sort of being national team member, I was allowed some uh, pool access, although there was a delay in that as well. It's very like specific hours. I was only allowed to access the pool at like half 10 to half 11 on Monday to Friday. And that's in the middle of my work day. So it, it just completely disrupts everything. And obviously issues with childcare as well because of my little girl, Tiffany, whereas before I would manage to go swim at six in the morning when she's still asleep at home with my husband. So that, and that puts extra load, obviously, on my mom to take care of her. It changes a lot of things. Yeah, we're just waiting for Maltese races to open up and we'll see what goes from there. Well, let me ask you, because a lot of people have been very frustrated. Yes. Do you think that in Malta that sports and sport competitions gets enough recognition? No. No, I think, um, as it was said, that they think that even they don't think that uh, people don't make a living out of sports. And I'm not saying like as an athlete in terms of me being as an athlete, I do not make any income from triathlon. But then obviously my career is in sports medicine. It isn't, you know, in helping people be physically active. So we're giving a lot of wrong messages um, that saying, you know, we need to be physically active. We're the most obese people in, in in Europe or ranked in the top and then suddenly we're saying oh we're cancelling all sports activities so there is conflicting messages and then obviously this is impacting on even mental health um, young children and adolescents it's, and even on the, the adults on parents they're getting frustrated it's a very hard time so we need to give much more importance to sports and physical activity even with the restrictions we've got, but we need to give more go-ahead for, for these two to be allowed to go on, definitely. But isn't there a huge irony there? Because over the pandemic, people going out, bicycle sales up 150 160%, shoe wear up, sales are up. People, if you go out on the weekends, if you go out in the evenings, if you go out early in the morning, people are running. People are cycling. Yes. People are out walking. Yes, and I have seen even in my clinics over the, the pandemic um, that more people are getting up and about. I, obviously, I see the injury side of things um, or people may, may want to improve their running. They'll uh, come to me. So I have seen an increase and an uptake in that. And uh, even then, although they are outdoors and more, the patterns of injuries have changed as well comparison to what we used to see. Um, we're seeing almost in a way certain overuse injuries. So certain people have overused the, the physical activity. They have overdone it. And then we get the other extremes that because of the, the way the pandemic has hit them, they've become more sedentary, more sitting down. And that has, has caused a different uh, sort of cohort of injuries because of being too sedentary. And then you get different pains here and there. So I'm seeing that as well. It's like gone two extremes with this pandemic. So they, let me get this right in, in layman's terms. Yes. So people are sitting down more, more because maybe we're working remotely and working exactly. from home and we don't need to go out and we just go to the yes. kitchen rather than going to the store. Yes. And yet the overuse, the irony is that the overuse is another factor that's hitting people. Yes. So let's talk about your role as a doctor for a moment because as we mentioned, this past year has seen people get so much more active. Now, I can remember taking a class with you after my fourth 
full marathon where you literally showed me that I didn't know how to run. What are the most common mistakes that you're seeing that are causing these injuries? The most common thing is that we sit down too much in our lifestyle. So even now we're sitting down here, okay? Um, and our lifestyle, our work, you know, even our socializing, you know, we go out to eat, we sit down, there's a lot of sitting down, we drive, we sit down. So that tends to change the, the way our body moves. And because that changes the way our body moves, then when we try go run, you just assume that your body can just get up and go outside and run. Um, uh, and it doesn't work that way because if you've spent hours sitting down, you end up running with these what we call sitting down postures. And that tends to put um, loads of strain on different muscles and avoids using other muscles. And this imbalance causes injuries. And this happens a lot with um, uh, people who haven't been running beforehand. You cannot decide to suddenly turn 40 and decide I'm going to just go run a marathon. That's exactly what I did. Yes. <laughs> That's what keeps us doctors like, like me in business. I'm so glad I keep you in business, Danica. Thank you. <laughs> we teach people how to move, first of all, how to move correctly. Because um, after all, running is a skill. If you want to go learn to play a piano, okay, or if you want to go learn to go play tennis you um, go to a coach um, or an instructor who will show you how to put your hands on a keyboard how to hold a tennis racket how to swing a racket whilst running we all tend to just put on a pair of shoes and off we go and maybe we do employ a coach uh, which is good obviously gives you the, the the coaching program how far to run how fast to run but do they actually show you how you're meant to run and that's kind of more of the the type of work that I do and I try to help to build the body up in terms of getting the body to move better to avoid injury and also people enjoy the running more they're more likely to stick at it then but you can understand why people assume that they can run yes because it's one of those things Easy that we, things. we kind of yeah we all assume that we can run yes if someone has just started running mm -hmm. and they are a novice what would you say to them is the essential kit support that they need is it massage is it shoes is it no. what is so, it what is it it's about not doing i wouldn't put it about kit I, okay a good pair of running shoes is essential but uh, not being too over enthusiastic and doing too much too soon i see that happening way too many times um that if say today i have managed to go run for 10 minutes tomorrow can I run 20 minutes? That is way too much. It's like, you know, you, it's a double increase in the load. It's a 100% increase. Whilst, uh, you know, there's a guideline that say not more than 10% a week increase. And that, is, that happens over a long period of time. So someone who's over-enthusiastic, they feel good and they think, if I do more, I'll feel even better. Or they want to feel um, uh, strong. They think if they can um, speed up the process. So the too much loading too soon and uh, even uh, trying to run too fast too soon, those are the, the, the big culprits of why people get injured as well, especially newbie runners. Is this a pandemic thing? And after the pandemic, everybody's going to go back to no, do, you know, no running, no, no cycling, not doing anything. Are all those bicycles going to get stuck in the garage and never seen I again? I hope not. I hope not. I hope this is the beginning of the change for Malta because, I mean, it's so fantastic. Before, if I say like 10, 15 years ago, 
if I see someone on a bike, you know, I'm going to recognize them at once. Nowadays, I go out on the bike and it's like I pass a number of people. I have no idea who they are because there are just so many cyclists. So I do hope that um, there are more incentives from the government, um, even that um, the um, authorities will recognize how important sports is. Um, facilities it, it's it's all important i really hope that this keeps on growing and the more people become active the more they they are involved in sports the sort of the louder the voice is going to be that listen sports and physical activity is growing you need to listen to sports people and sports enthusiasts not from like as always just talking about elite and high level sports just literally moving to keep healthy um, both physically and mentally and uh, for for weight um, reasons definitely and we have the climate for it definitely I mean, we can get out and enjoy the countryside and enjoy running or cycling or swimming almost 365 days yeah. a year yeah i spent four years living in leeds and there it's like you know how why, England... why would you do that to yourself I was <laughs> I was specializing in sports and exercise medicine there. Um, but yes, you know how the British weather is. It was like cold and horrible and rainy. But people were out and about. They were cycling to work. They were commuting. They're running with commu- uh, commuting to work. They were just so physically active despite the horrible weather. Um, so why can't we do it on Malta? And they have longer distances. Why is the Malta have such short distances and easy access to, to, to many different villages? A lot of little errands, you know, are all within, say, three to five kilometer distance of what we need to do. Why not do it on a bike? Don't you think a lot of people would say because the roads aren't very safe? Yes, but then uh, as well, it's up to us. Uh, I don't put the blame on, example, the cyclist or the car driver. It has to come from both. Because I've seen cyclists who are disregarding the, the road rules. So then it is the fault of the cyclist. Um, uh, even with motorbikes you see that and uh, then you see obviously the car drivers so if we both start respecting each other both the cyclist and the the car driver it makes it a safer more pleasant um, environment and commute for everyone it's less cars on the road less traffic less less anger and people out on the bikes are happier because you're actually enjoying the outdoors better it's a different ride when you are outdoors on a bike I was going to say, recently now with my, my little girl, I've also got like my old bike. I've put in a little bike seat for her. And we're starting, I go with my easy bike ride. I'll just stick her on the back of the bike and I have like an easy one hour bike. I'll get some errands and we'll just commute around. I'll, I'll put her, then take her down to the a little beach. You know, she can enjoy it a bit and she'll be tired and we'll ride back home. And that's an outing. People say that there's nowhere to go with kids. There is lots of things to do with kids. You just have to be creative. Kids love the outdoors. So just get them out. Even a one-year-old on a bike seat, they enjoy it. Well, this very nicely leads me into my next question. Because you mentioned before that the pools have been only accessible uh, at a particular time during the day. And yet you've just gone to over to Sicily and you've come first in this triathlon you've done incredibly well which of course needs a lot of training now you just talked about being able to take Tiffany with you but you're a doctor and you're a triathlete and you're a mum and you're a wife and you're very active in an awful lot of other things how on earth do you fit all of this in how what does a training schedule look like to start with everybody always asks me this question how do I manage I don't know myself I don't feel that I manage but anyway I seem to sort of 
juggle things around. I mean, I have a supportive husband as well who does help um, around. Um, Is he also an athlete? Yes, he's a cyclist. He was also on national team. He's growing a bit older now. He probably won't like me saying this about him. But yeah. Um, uh, but he does support me as well. I have my mom who helps me a lot as well with uh, Tiffany. So that at least I can work and sometimes even around training. And sometimes I juggle a bit when I have a little bit of some uh, work meeting or some uh, smaller clinic where I have like an open space um, clinic and she has a couple of toys. So sometimes Tiffany comes along to work with me to offload a bit from my mom and she's happily playing with some toys. So she's a good girl. And then it's a lot about sometimes waking up early in the morning. Sometimes you have to stay up at night to finish off either some work things or maybe some some house chores and it's always thinking ahead you know preparing bags but the night before putting everything in the car the night before going out with like six different bags this is an incredible amount of work and and how much is the training alone how many hours a week do you cycle do you swim do you run Probably about, I think it would be about 12 hours a week. I wouldn't uh, be managing more just because of, of, of time commitments. And then I just get too tired and exhausted with everything because I have to work as well. Um, but that's probably just about how much I can manage um, realistically. There's always, I say, I always plan to do more, but realistically it's somewhere there, 10, maybe 12 hours a week. Well, t- 10, 12 hours a week is still a huge commitment. Mm. Now, also, you mentioned earlier on that your, your daughter is one She's one year, nine months, yes. One year, nine months. So you were a mother a little bit later on in life. Yes. And you're also a triathlete and you've just gone and won. Hang on a second. You had your daughter a year and nine months ago and you've just come first in this triathlon in the women's category. I mean, this is phenomenal. But how long, realistically, how long can you continue doing what you do at this level because i know that you've also uh, represented malta in in these uh, yes like commonwealth games european games yes and uh, there's the games of small states of um, europe for the triathlon um i said that's when i'll turn 30 i'll stop then i decided it was 35 now it's gone 40 i don't know i don't feel 40 (laughs) probably don't act 40 either (laughs) Well, that's a so, good thing. I don't know. I mean, um, maybe. I mean, I realize that maybe probably my peak has go- has gone. But then, you know, I've, I've uh, been working as well after the the pregnancy. I feel it was like the 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 worst injury someone could actually go through. Pregnancy wasn't easy to wreck my body, so even getting back from that was really hard. It took me a good probably a good year and a half of work. Um, even though I was doing the triathlons but I think in a way it sort of built my body a bit stronger than what it used to be and in a way I'm sort of performing a bit better than what I was pre-pregnancy if it makes sense um, it's but why why as it's part of uh, my work as well as I said the way I rehabilitate people and uh, when I was struggling with some problems with my body after pregnancy I said hang on if I am fixing people I probably need to fix myself as well. What would be the ultimate goal for you? You're talking about the fact you're 40 now and that you maybe have passed your, your peak, but then you go and come first in the women's category in this competition. What would be the ultimate? Mm-hmm. Um, there may be a couple of goals, maybe on the longer triathlons, maybe, but it's not like fully committed as yet. 
um, because it does require more time commitment. Maybe one time train for a proper Ironman and actually go for a time. I had done two. When you Iron say Man. a proper Ironman, you're talking about a full. A full Ironman, yes. Which is um, 3.8 kilometer swim, 180 kilometer bike, and a full marathon, 42 kilometers. And how long does that take? Um, depends how fast you do it. Well, obviously. <laughs> but um, uh, it would be around the 10 hour mark. Um, that I would probably aim for. That's what I say realistically, but it requires a time commitment of the training, which at mo- at this time, there's no way I can commit to that type of training. Um, but I say, I'll say one day, one day, one day, but it's not yet the right time to be doing that type of, of racing. But I know a lot of people who have gone into triathlons, full Ironmans, when there have been women who've been in their 40s and their 50s. Yes, and yes, yes. I know a friend who, who did it for, for her 50th birthday. Yes. How is it that we can then continue? I mean, decades ago, people would kind of retire at the age of 40 and say, that's it, I'm no longer going to be physical. I'm seeing now that people are continuing into 40, into 50, into 60 and beyond. I think there's more awareness about the sport and the longevity and physical activity and also um, uh, the fact of doing like longer distances uh, people are able to tolerate it more for longer hours even despite their age because like slow aerobic activity the body does like it even in aging it's the speed that tends to be lost as one as one ages and speed is the one um, and intensity of training that's where people will struggle and sort of break down more and and get more injured but longer distances, the body, the body copes pretty well. And the same way that you have to train the body, you have to train the mind. So we have... Um, Hold uh, on, back up there. You <laughs> said you train the body, the, you have to train, train the, the mind. mind. So does this apply to newbie runners yes. as well? Or is this yes. just... You mentioned athletes. Yes. Is this just for athletes? It's even in everyday life. It's not only... So if someone is physically active... Um, uh, and obviously, it's always a challenge. Can I run to the next lamppost? That might be a struggle, okay? So it's about the mind. You know, I have to um, get the mind to believe what you can do. So you're training the mind. And then when you're getting them into their work, um, people who are physically active and in sports, they're more likely to succeed at work because they're faced with challenges in sports and their mind is stronger. So they're obviously going to perform better even at work. Let, so- me, let me pull you up on that again. All right, Mm -hmm. so I've got a a hypothetical situation in my head. Mm -hmm. Someone's just taken up running. Yes. They bought themselves a pair of trainers and they've just started doing it. But because they're doing it and because they're maybe getting some assistance to retrain their mind, they're going to be better at work because they're doing this. Yes. And in fact, abroad, sometimes even if someone applies for a job... The fact that someone's right that they're a sports person or they do um, competitions, they're actually almost sometimes preferred because when you've got someone who's involved in something, you know, they're involved with challenges, that makes them a better person. It helps self-esteem, it helps self-confidence, it helps time management, it helps decision-making, self-belief. So that is what you're getting through sports. It's not about winning competitions. It's about winning over yourself and that, that, that belief in your head. And that's why when it comes to work, when they're faced with certain challenges and uh, tough uh, situations, if they, their, their mind will go back to these um, situations where they had these tough decisions, tough, tough challenges, and it will reinforce their self-belief that they can do these challenges. So then that's why in the workplace they will perform better. And this applies to anyone. This doesn't just apply to 
top athletes. This applies to anybody who's going to start getting active. Everyone. It's uh, even uh, people who have like, um, as I said, like with COVID, a lot of mental health has, uh, has, ca- has come out. So people are struggling. There's more anxiety. And even the simple anxiety, okay, just basic anxiety can sometimes be um, offloaded through physical activity. Even it changes the, the hormone balances in the brain and it can help to get the person feeling better at, um, about themselves. No negative side effects of exercise then? Addiction. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would make sense. I guess you need a little tiny bit of that to become, for, you know, the top woman in the, the triathlon. Danica Bonello-Spiteri, thank you so much for being on The Interviewer. A huge congratulations for your win and a huge amount of respect for everything you do and fitting all of it in. And I wish you all the very best. Thanks so much, Ruth. It's a pleasure always to see you. Love your smile as well. And it's been great having this chat with you. 